post to Flick, and it's in. Darwin Jones with the response for Orange County. And it is a massive one. Austin Bold dominant in the last 10 Forrester in the middle now. Gets around a few defenders. Forrester with the outside of the foot. What a strike by Mary Forrester. It's the opening goal for Orange County. Heads it down. Back post. Opportunity and a goal. A beautiful goal by Orange County. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the first and only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. Follow us on Twitter at OCSC underscore SoccerCast or on Facebook at Orange and Black Soccer Cast. How's it going, Orange County? Welcome to another episode of the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, presented by Roughneck Scarves and Icarus Icarus FC. I'm your host, Ray Samora, and I'm with you each and every episode as we discuss all things Orange County Soccer Club, video game soccer, and other stuff. Joining me, as he does every episode, we've got Dylan from Canterline Coalition. Dylan, how are we doing? I'm good. Um, I don't know. I just got back from a protest, a peaceful protest, um, organized by one of my classmates. And it was good. And it was nice to see. And it was nice to be a part of. And I hope that it creates some real change. Perfect. Um, also joining me down from San Diego, uh, we've got Alan. Alan, how you doing, man? I'm kind of processing through some things. Um, there's a good support system um, for educators in uh, California Teachers Association. Had a chance to talk and actually more for me just to listen um, and to kind of hear the pain of our communities and um, just kind of processing what I and where I fit into all of it without taking up space, uh, but also to kind of amplify the voices that need to be heard. Um, so it's been it's been a little bit of a weird day. Turning my keys today, so school's kind of over. So it's kind of a weird kind of transition day for me as well. So kind of in a weird space. Um, I'm lucky that um, I live in an area that isn't uh, on a, um, what are those things called? lockdowns, curfew things. Um, but, you know, things aren't just, I'm sure where you ever, everyone's listening, things aren't great there either, but uh, things are a little rough down here. Um, so yeah, a lot to process. Definitely a lot to process. Uh, it's been a difficult, I guess, what now, eight days uh, going back, I guess we can say to Memorial Day, um, which was last Monday. Um, stuff started getting a little weird. Uh, this is definitely nothing to do with COVID. Uh, and yeah, it's been difficult. I've been watching a lot more news than I normally do. I try to stay away from news, but, uh, I was just sort of drawn to the fact that this is a moment where you can't really ignore the news. You have to sort of, uh, take in what's going on, um, with things society, uh, you know, in society in the United States and worldwide, 
Uh, and yeah, it's difficult. And if you if you haven't figured it out yet by uh, the first five minutes of this episode, it's probably going to be a little bit of a different episode than we normally do. We like to definitely normally like to poke fun, have a good time, drink some beers, uh, make fun of uh, my video game soccer abilities. Uh, but it's definitely, I, I, I feel like it's not a time to go crazy. I want to help you all take a break from the, the the stuff going on in people's minds, but it's difficult to do that. And, you know, we're just like you. We're uh, people that live, breathe, love soccer, but we're also human beings. And, um, yeah, it's difficult to process things sometimes. Uh, so, yeah, I, I really honestly don't know where to begin with some of this. Uh, so I'm going to maybe just open it up and, and see where my co-hosts want to start off things. Do we want to maybe start off on what we normally like to talk about for a little bit or what what's on our minds? I'll, I'll go to you, Dylan. Um, I'm going to turn to you. What, what, what do, what do we want to do here, man? You know, I don't think video game soccer is ever that important. Um, and in the real soccer isn't really even that important. And I, I recognize the irony in that because I've I've created such a massive portion of my life and devoted it to the sport. But with everything that's going on, it's it's meaningless at this moment. Um, well, let me let me I can, let me then ask you really quick then because you mentioned I know you were um, at protest in Orange. You mentioned you were at a protest earlier today. Um, a glad to see that uh, you're safe probably means it was a peaceful protest which is definitely what i think the world needs and we want to see uh, right now um I, I i think we can all say we 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 can understand the anger i, I can't relate to the to the anger uh being you know i'm a guy that grew up in orange county uh have always had things i've always had a roof over my head food to eat and whatnot but i i, I can at least understand why there would be anger in situations like this um, not saying that the anger is full result of, or what we're having as far as um, the violence and destruction isn't fully because of the anger. There are some small bad seeds here and there that are taking advantage of a situation. But for the for the the big part, um, there there's there's anger and there's there's peaceful protest, which is is a good thing. Dylan, um, you're in the front lines, seeing all this stuff at least in Orange County. Uh, what's your experience at these, and and uh, how's it been for you? Some peaceful. Um, I was at the. I was reporting on the protest in Orange on Saturday, and it was peaceful. And the cops did a good job of staying out of the way of people um, and, and making sure that it was peaceful and not escalating the situation. Uh, I didn't go to the one on Santa Ana um, because it was pretty clear from the get go that was not going to be a protest, and that was people looking to start a riot. And uh, the sheriff's department in Santa Ana PD and Tustin PD probably Anaheim PD as well, um, dressed for a fight because they were looking for a fight. Um, they knew it was coming and it got violent quickly. And then they tear gassed people and then they shot people with pepper uh, balls and rubber bullets, including journalists. So I was glad I wasn't there. Um, and, you know, I'm privileged enough to not live in that area and really be affected by it, not to hear the constant sirens uh, or the helicopters overhead. So... Yeah, we might want to mention we did try, you know, as a podcast of a, what, Mexican? Half Mexican? I don't even know, right? 
and two white guys. And yes. Then yes. We tried to get a person of color on this podcast, and who we went for wasn't allowed. So, you know, obviously everything I'm going to say, take it with a grain of salt because I have a massive amount of privilege. So it's not my place to pass judgment on what people are deciding to do, but it's also my place to use my voice. Um, I've regretted not saying a lot of political things in the past um, and, and supporting people because I haven't wanted to detract from the show and, and kind of what we're doing here. But I think now it's, it's inexcusable and I regret not saying things in the past. Um, this is the breaking point, right? We have to move forward. Um, and that's the only option. So I can cover stuff. And then in my, in my private time, um, I'm there alongside my fist up doing what I can and supporting, um, you know, my brothers and my sisters and, and what we can do to make Orange County a better place. Um, let me uh, get, a, I guess, a different perspective, uh, not too far, but it's still, you know, it seems worlds apart at the, you know, right now with Alan down in San Diego. I know there's been stuff going on down in San Diego as well. Um, I, I'm hoping it's been more on the peaceful end of things. Uh, I know watching uh, the news, we've seen some really bad destruction all across this country, which um, is sad to see. It's, it's hurtful to see. Uh, again, we understand why this anger is there. Um, how, how's it been in San Diego? What's been the, 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 t the I guess, temperature or the, the, the feeling in San Diego uh, with all this going on, Alan? Uh, Alan? Um, there's kind of like two two things i've noticed is um number one i think in the coverage that we've seen here there's more coverage done by people on instagram and facebook live who are experiencing these things uh, and kind of sharing visually and also narrating um, because there's not a ton of people covering it on um, traditional uh, sources. There are people there, and there are a couple people that were highlighted for their coverage of kind of the first day. Um, but it's it's a little bit disturbing to know that there's not kind of this this accounting of what is happening when we have the ability to account. One's got a phone. There's tons more cameras and more opportunity to put eyes on this thing and you don't see that but when you do see some of this coverage you see um you know escalation upon escalation one side pushes um the other side pushes back and they use that as an excuse to escalate con and continue to escalate um i also noticed that there's a lot more talk about the anger leading to things being burnt down and less of a discussion about where that anger originates from. Um, and, and some of these communities like La Mesa have had their own issues that there's a reason that things are boiling in La Mesa and in downtown San Diego um, and across the United States. And it's really important for people who look like me to actually do some looking into why these things exist and the things that we do that don't seem to be a big deal can make a big deal in communities and look at the history of redlining in San Diego, for example, and where the freeways are and where they were purposefully put 
There's a reason that Chicano Park has pillars in it that they painted because it's the Coronado Bridge. And there's a reason why that's there. And you start really digging into these things and you can understand um, why people are mad. Like yesterday was the 99th year Tulsa uh, riots. Um, And if you haven't heard about it, look it up. It was basically people referred to as Black Wall Street. Um, It was a vibrant black community in Tulsa. If you've seen the uh, HBO series Watchmen, they highlighted an episode where people, white people came in and murdered and built, blew up and destroyed this entire community. Um, and there's history of this time and time again that we typically gloss over when we talk about this thing. We feel like it's only happened since the 1960s, but this has been going on for a while. Um, I also, my perspective is um, we need to do a better job of not of engaging our communities of color, especially the black community and really asking them and listening. Um, they're not there to teach us because they don't have the time or the energy to teach us about it. Uh, but listening to their stories will lead you to the resources to start having those conversations uh, with your friends and it's going to be uncomfortable and it's going to push you to think about things in, in new perspectives like Think about the 1980s and cop shows. Who is the police and who are the perps? And really look at the story that we've been ingrained to see with through no fault of our own in some instances. But we need to start looking at how we center things we see and start centering them not around us, but around others. And with that, with that, I would, you know, hope you find a black business to support, find a black author to read. Um, find there's Twitter feeds galore now of here are the people who are doing it, who don't normally get that, the eye put on them. Let's put an eye on them. Let's lift their voices up. Um, and then be willing to engage in some place that I'm sure you're going to feel uncomfortable. I do as well. Definitely. And, um, you know, I, I, I know you mentioned that it's, that the, the, it's hard to see more people either upset or confused about the anger and not about what happened that's causing some of this anger. Um, I know on like social media, there's a lot of people trying to present representations of where this anger is coming from, um, what has happened. Uh, One of the things that I, that, that sort of just sort of hit me when I just watched it and it has a lot to do because I was a huge fan um, of Tupac as a youth. And there's this video of him. I, I have no idea where the video is from, um, to credit it or, or anything like that. I wish I could. And we usually play it safe here on our podcast. I don't know what's going to happen. I want to play this this clip on here really quick just so you can, if you haven't got a chance to hear it, you can hear um, what Tupac said. Hopefully this will work um, and then we, we can talk a little bit uh, about this. Every day I'm standing outside trying to sing my way in. You know what I'm saying? We are hungry, please let us in. We are hungry, please let us in. After about a week, that song is going to change the we hungry, we need some food. After two, three weeks, it's like, you know, give me all the food, wrecking out the door. And after a year, and you just like, you know what I'm saying? I'm picking the lock, coming through the door, blasting. You know what I'm saying? It's like you hungry. You reached your level. You don't want any more. We asked 10 years ago. We was asking with the Panthers. We was asking with them, you know, the civil rights movement. We was asking. You know, now that those people that were asking, they're all dead and in jail. So now what do you think we're going to do? And we shouldn't be angry. And my raps that I'm rapping to my community shouldn't be filled with rage. 
You know what I'm saying? They shouldn't be filled with the same atrocities that they gave to me. In the media, they don't talk about it. So in my raps, I have to talk about it. And it just seems foreign because there's no one else talking about it. Right. So, I mean, that, um, that, that was from Tupac, and that was years ago. That was, you know, I don't, I don't remember how long ago uh, he was murdered in Las Vegas. I believe it was like 96. Uh, but so that's years ago. So, you know, to look at that, that time point then, and we're now, what, 20-something years past that, um, you know, the, I'm not trying to say – all this violence that we've been seeing is 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 okay because some of it again is, is people just taking advantage of a situation, um, people just seeing hey people are going to start protesting rioting let's go uh, grab stuff from Target or uh, mom and pop stores let's burn down the mom and pop stores who who uh, unfortunately have nothing to do with a lot of stuff a lot of the the mom and pop stores are are people that are in similar situations in similar neighborhoods, uh, but to to know I mean that 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 for me was a, a good example of, of this, where this anger is coming from. I, I mean, what was it? Four or five years ago, people were upset about a Colin Kaepernick for kneeling uh, during the national anthem saying it was offensive um, and, and whatnot. That was peaceful protest for what we have seen this past couple of weeks, right? That was what his protests were about. That's why he was kneeling is because of uh, police brutality, uh, murders of of unarmed uh, black men uh, at the hands of police, um, and people were upset about it. Now, we're, flash forward to where we are today, and people are asking for peaceful protests. Um, well, th they were people were trying to protest peacefully. They they've been trying to protest peacefully, and and it wasn't being accepted. Uh, and it took something like this to sort of light a fire, um, ignite ignite the flames and now we've gotten to a point where uh, people are are paying attention now i guess is what we can say and it's it's a bunch of people are paying attention it's it's it sucks that it took what what happened for this to happen now with people actually trying to voice uh, for equality or voice for uh can't even think of the right words for it. Uh, Dylan, I'm going to jump to you right now. Um, does it, am I, was the Tupac conversation, I mean, that sort of helps explain for people that can't quite understand why there's anger at this point, right? I mean, it's, you know, we tried to be peaceful. You weren't listening. So now we have to just be angry. Yeah. Um, I mean, the man was a genius and it's it's such a great, explanation of how we've arrived at this point and it's if you don't want to listen to what Tupac had to say and you want to ignore what's going on then you're going to ignore what's going on forever and you're complicit in this and honestly those people probably aren't listening to this episode they probably either stopped listening immediately or they're definitely done now um but yeah I mean Orange County is a very privileged very sheltered place right we talk about the, or the orange curtain existing and how we live in a bubble that's very sheltered, um, especially places like Irvine, where we, where the club plays and where the club is based. It's very sheltered. Um, they have a massive police force, and it's one of the safest cities in America. And there's not a lot of violent crime. It's mostly property crime, and that's because it's an affluent area. Um, we have this bubble. We're sheltered away from it. I, I get why it happens. It doesn't excuse it. Um, 
now's the time to acknowledge that. Now's the time to support the people whose voice really needs to be heard. And you can be against property destruction, right? You can, you can say that businesses don't deserve to be looted, but that's not as important as people should not die over a $20 bill. People should not die over a $1.79 bottle of orange juice, um, which is Latasha Harris in LA in 92. People should not die for, you know, there should not be extrajudicial killings in the streets or anywhere else for that matter. That's why people are angry. That's what finally broke the straw of the back. And, and I, I think it's taken, um, there, there's been a lot of, I, I, I don't have any direct quotes, but I've read a lot of stuff where people are discussing it. And I want to say there was even a celebrity. I, it, if you can think of the name, let me know. Is basically saying this has been going on, you know, since the sixties, it's just now people have, easy ways to record this stuff that's going on. So that's why um, it seems like we're seeing it more frequently now, but we're seeing videos more frequently uh, of, of what's happening, but it doesn't mean that it's just now sort of come back that we were good for 30, 40 years. It's just, you know, back in the 60s, 70s, 80s, even 90s, you didn't have iPhones, uh, you know, all these easily accessible video recorders that you could just pull out of your pocket and just with a click of a button start recording. I mean, back in the days, you had to bring out a, a VHS recorder that you had to like load the tape, get it up, turn it on, push play. And by the time you do that, uh, good chance you're going to miss it. I mean, an a, a example of not missing it was like Rodney King. Uh, the, the example, that was one of the first times you saw, you know, a civilian taking a video recording of some brutality going on against uh, a human being. Uh, and yeah, um, Alan, let me throw it to you. Cause I, I'm just going to get jumbled in my words if I keep speaking right now. Um, yeah. There's, there's some things I also want to uh, point out on. Uh, there's a gentleman by the name of Samson Youngway, And he uh, is a, um, he's on Twitter at Sam Sway. And his pin tweet is, uh, basically, he did some. Uh, he's a data scientist, political analyst, went to Stanford. Uh, he's co founder of Campaign Zero. Uh, but his pinned tweet is um, interest, uh, research based solutions to stop police violence. Um, and if you want, I would suggest t- taking a look at it because he goes through implicit bias, he goes through uh, police use of force uh, laws um, with his use of force project. Um, there's stuff in there about police union contracts, uh, stuff in uh, investment in alternatives to police as crime prevention. Um, and there's like tons of things about mental health and creating other numbers besides the police you can call for mental health. I would suggest giving, you know, some time to that. Um, and just some other statistics that have been coming out have been mind blowing. Uh, like one third of Americans killed by strangers are killed by. Um, there needs to be a re re look at how we do um, lots of things in the United States, um, education, um, policing, uh, jails. Uh, there's a lot of things that we need to re look at and see if there's a better way to do it because where we are is not not working for everyone and we need to if there was uh, i think it's deray mckesson says uh systems were created by humans so they can be changed by humans 
uh, know that whatever has been created by us can be changed and taken away and replaced by us. Um, if you look at how the country was founded is by people saying this isn't working, we need a new system. Um, and we need to take this time to relook at a lot of those things, how we run our economy, how we look after the person who needs the most when we're looking at communities how are we setting up our communities are we invested in our communities and that doesn't mean that everything now is terrible and it's broken it just means let's start really looking and designing for the next hundred years what we want america to look like um and start by taking a look like um taking a look at what is best for everyone not just what is best for me uh, because if it's best for everyone, it'll be best for me. Um, it's kind of what the USLPA was saying. Like, we're looking at what's best for soccer. And what's best for soccer will be what's best for the players. Um, and we need to relook at how we do some things. And uh, Jane Elliott once asked in a, if you don't know her, look her up too. Um, she said, if you're white in this audience, raise your hand. If you want to move through this world as a black person, like you want to be treated like a black person is treated and no one raised their hand. And they said, look, you already know things are wrong. So what are we going to do about it? Like, what can we do in our small circle? Doesn't mean to be, we all need to be protesting or we all need to be doing X, Y, Z. Like you find your lane and you try to make something better. And if that means you engage your friend and have a top, like a real on honest discussion about race and white privilege and white supremacy culture, not supremacist supremacy culture. You start having these conversations. That's your lane. If your lane is protesting and being out in the front line, that's your lane. If your lane is, I'm going to, you know, I'm fortunate. I'm going to donate to these businesses and these community members. Then that's your lane. Like find your lane and like do it. But now is not the time to to wait we our our community members our our friends our family the people who stand next with next to us cheering on our teams they need our help and they need us to step up into a space that maybe isn't comfortable for us so um we'll all hold each other accountable and we need to make sure that we're not waiting on someone else to fill that space that's needed, that conversation with a friend, but make sure we also take a step back and make sure we're also lifting up voices that need to be heard. Like we don't all need to be taking up space. Like sometimes the best thing to do is just to sit and listen. Yeah. Um, now some difficult stuff, some, there's some difficult things going on, right? Cause so, there's some very dedicated people on both sides uh, of this, which uh, it gets hard because, you know, I, I, I think I can speak for all three of us. We're, we're on the side for, we want, you know, we want equality. We want, um, we want justice for this. We want change. We want, um, we want our fellow neighbors our fellow americans to be able to all be able to walk down the street regardless of their race their gender their uh identity uh, and not have to look over shoulders not have to fear that something can happen if they do something different right um that and that's sort of this 
one of the big things going on with this, this Black Lives Matters movement is, uh, unfortunately, Black people have to walk down the street in fear that if they say something wrong, if they do something wrong, if they look the wrong way uh, and the police are coming by, they're going to be the ones that are going to be targeted. I, I was watching a clip again. I don't know where I saw it. I believe it was like the Fox 11 News or something like that with um, some some people protecting a liquor store uh, or guarding a liquor store from protesters. Uh, the the news camera, the news crews, they're recording and they're all trying to flag down cops because there were some looters trying to come in. Uh, cops circle around, come in, and what do they do? They head right to the closest black people by this liquor store, even though these these people that they went to were the people actually trying to protect the liquor store, defend the liquor store from the actual uh, looters. Uh, and even the news crew was trying to tell the cops what was going on. And I, I want to say it took at least a minute or so for um, the cops to even start listening to the news crew and, and the people. And and again, this is this is where this is coming from, is this just sort of immediate... I don't know, do call it bias or this immediate just judgment by uh, police officers that there's a call for police. There's a black person that must be the person that is is causing the disturbance or that's the reason why we need to do that, which, again, I, I can't relate to that feeling uh, as a person. I've never once been judged by law enforcement based off of what I was looking, what I was doing. Um, how I was acting. Um, so I, I cannot feel that part of what's going on, but I can, again, I can understand, I can comprehend, I can look at that and say, that is not right. That's not the way it should be. Um, but again, that's the way it is. And that's, I think, uh, again, that's why a lot of people are looking at this situation now and people of all races, genders, creeds, uh, whatnot are now seeing this and now they're, 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 they're using their how they are comfortable to express their frustration over this. Dylan heading out, actually heading out to the protest, um, and you know, actually providing great coverage of some of these protests. I know if you don't follow his feed, uh, when he was in Orange this past weekend, he was basically giving a play by play of what was going on as he was there, which was really cool, and it was a great way for some of us to 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 be feel like we're in the front lines there and, and seeing or. or reading what's happening um others like the three of us dead you know taking what's typically a fun goofy um for the three of us i think you know a break from just everyday life come on and talk about soccer and video games and any other random goofy thought we want to talk about uh, and instead dedicating an episode to this because it's it you know or who knows maybe even more if things keep getting worse uh because it's this is something that's in, in, impacting us all it's an important um, conversation to have. It, it is an important conversation to have. where we like to ignore these problems existing right in front of us. So so I think it's especially important here in Orange County. Um, I think 2% of the Orange County population is black. It, we're not a very diverse county in that sense. Um, we can be better, and so it's up to us. Um, the majority of us, the 98 percent of us that aren't that to you know that aren't black to amplify their voices and to acknowledge our own like Ray said acknowledge your own implicit biases about this um, and, and be a better person you know 
we can apologize for who you've been, but much better than that. And much more importantly, let's just be better for our communities in the future. And that's why you support local. Um, I just tweeted a list of, uh, of local black owned businesses that you can support. Thank you for that Dylan. That, that was, that was a good, good throw in there. Sure. Um, you know, if you, if you don't feel comfortable going out and protesting, go and donate to a bail fund. You know, we, we've seen all across the country that people who are getting arrested aren't necessarily doing anything wrong. Um, they are protesting. <laughs> we see looters just getting away with it basically on the news. Um, and it's the protesters that are paying the price for what these looters are doing, right? It's donate to a local bail fund, find a local black or minority charity to support or a group to support and what you have today so that tomorrow we can have something better and something equal um, because that is that is the best orange county we can have is an orange county without kids in newport beach making swastikas out of red solo cuffs at parties um, it's an orange county that is vibrant and diverse and loving um you know it's not the gentrified part of santa Ana. You know, it's the centenarios that are there every day. Um, and the work kind of goes unnoticed, but it's communities like that where everyone is together. And that's what we could have out of the 3 million people that live here. We could have a situation like that if we stand up for each other against really, really blatant injustices. And that's what we should do. All right, so what I'm going to do now is I'm going to throw a, 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 maybe a difficult question for the both of you. Um, I don't, I, I'm not expecting that you have the perfect answer for this, um, but I'm sure we've all dealt with situations where um, you're either on social media or you're talking with friends and family and they're on the polar opposite of, of sort of what we're talking about here. Um, I, I'm just going to quote, and I'm not going to call out any names, um, but someone on Facebook that I follow uh, posted, you know, 2019 per the Washington Post, 41 unarmed people were killed by the police, 19 white, six, uh, sorry, 19 white, nine black, six Hispanic, three Asian, four other. And then saying it's not race, it's humanitarian. Um, so using those stats to basically show, hey, if you look at that, more white people were killed than any other um, race uh, uh, by police. So, I mean, I guess you could say that's a true statement that's a true fact that you know i i don't know if these stats are real but if they are real you could say that's true but do don't we have to take into account the 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 distribution of race you know you can't just say because 19 white people are are killed it's more than anyone else so by all means if you look at it then it's white people that are being targeted but lo and behold there's probably a greater percentage of white people living whatever these numbers come from um what do we do when we're 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 interacting with people like this. I mean, uh, the easy thing to do is just ignore and, and just sort of, hey, I'm not going to talk to you anymore. But then uh, does that, I mean, how does that not, or how does that help the situation where we're trying to create cause or create change um, from what's happening? Is uh, I don't know if either of you have dealt with this stuff at all, but what can we, what are some ideas or what can we do when we're in these situations and, and uh, we're dealing with people that are, I guess, want to say hard-headed with uh, or biased with their facts? I don't know, Alan, I'll go to you first. Just, I mean, and, and if you don't have any thoughts on this, I mean, by all means, be honest. Um, I would make an argument that 
unarmed black humans being murdered by police officers is just one small sliver of the things that um, we need to consider when talking about black lives matter. Um, It's that's like one portion. The other portion are things like if you look at the government backed um, home loans that were handed out um, during the, um, the new deal, um, 98% of those, I believe, were handed, were given to white Americans. If you look at historically with the GI Bill, the GI Bill sent hundreds of thousands of military personnel to college after World War II, but was not available for black families um, or to historically black colleges that would accept black people in the 1940s and 50s. This goes well beyond just one I one sliver of grievance. Um, so it's, that's one part of it and it's a real part of it. And things like you are more likely to be murdered, uh, a black person to be murdered by police in St. Louis than the murder rate of the United States, the average murder rate in the United States. Like we can point out, like one statistic and pull it apart. But if you look at everything lined up back to back to back to back to back and the time frame in which a black person could freely move about this country and to vote and to get home loans and to get business loans, it's, it's systematic. And sometimes it isn't even purposeful. Sometimes it is accidental, but it's something that, I think the the best picture in my brain is the the picture of a guy going to put his hand underneath the soap dispenser and it works when it's a, when it's or it doesn't work because he's too dark and then he puts a paper towel underneath and it works stuff like that or racial or uh, facial recognition software can determine uh, two white people but it has a hard time differentiating between black faces it's things like this that aren't necessarily purposeful or racist in by intent but they're racist in application and those are the things that i would point out it's murder by police is one small sliver of what representation is um, it's a much bigger picture than just that that's the, the touch point. That's the most visually, it's a thing that's the most like visually recognizable. Like when I'm, when you're talking about redlining, I'd have to like pull up a map and teach you what redlining is and do all of this background versus showing you a guy kneeling on someone's neck for nine minutes. Like that you get right away. And I think a lot of people do. Um, and then the next step is being willing to have that conversation and do it in a way that brings them in and not makes them not attacks them for not knowing these things because then you turn them off, but really trying to engage them and have a conversation about empathy. And if you put your, put yourself into that position, how would we feel about that position? Um, And then listening to our, our neighbors and our family members uh, of our community um, I don't like saying brothers and sisters because I think that's, you know, I say f- friends or students at school, but our family in our community 
um, and ask them and talk to them about their experience. Um, when I was in middle school, I was home alone and a guy jumped out of our, from behind our yard and someone called the police and the police came to my house. Um, I forgot to lock the front door and I hear a knock at the door and I turn the TV volume down to hear if it's someone I know from the neighborhood that I would answer or not. I hear my door open and I hear this is a Moreno Valley Police Department. Uh, if you're if the one is here, please make yourself known. And I said, hey, my name's Alan. I, I'm not visible to them yet. I'm behind a wall. And I say, my name's Alan. I live here. This is my house. And I turned the corner and there were two police officers with their gun drawn. And I would just pause to believe that the experience that I had from that moment on is different because I have the skin color I have. And it might have gone a lot different had I been a different skin color. And it's those things that I've been really pondering and thinking about, about those little interactions of I don't have my driver's license on me and they let me go. Versus would that have gone different if I looked different? Um, and I would make the argument that it probably would have gone different. Um, maybe not as bad as a you know, knee on my neck for nine minutes, but. And it's those small things that when I get pulled over, if I turn around this corner, will the cops believe me that this is my house? Or do, will they think that I'm a kid in this house trying to rob it? And those in split second decisions is that inherent bias of a police officer who might not be actively thinking that, but that might be their, their first reaction. And we need to make sure that people are aware of those things and can act against it and just be aware that we make decisions like, if I asked you, would you prefer an escalator or an elevator? You have a instant reaction like that one. And we have these instant reactions all the time. It's just recognizing when they are a benign reaction, like elevator to escalator, or they're an actual consequence that could affect somebody's life. Um, and I would encourage you to look into implicit bias um, and kind of read about it and to have conversations with people about it because um, I think it's healthy to do that. And I think it, we've been waiting too long to have those conversations. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't really add too much to that anecdote or the idea that we need to address our biases. Um, I've already said that if you want some statistic background of this, I wrote a thesis a couple of years ago on mass incarceration, uh, specifically as it pertains to the black and Hispanic community in this country. Um, so the United States has a quarter of the world's incarcerated population, um, which is it's 2.2 million Americans are incarcerated. 59% uh, of those are black or Hispanic people. Um, black and Hispanic groups make up 28%, 28.5% of the U.S. population. So there is a massive disparity there um, where they are overrepresented for the population um, and they are targeted at a much higher rate. That is statistically true because we have this overrepresentation of them in prison um, for varying crimes. And that's not counting generally how those crimes are punished when they are punished. It's a serious issue that we need to change, right? We can't change it from the top down. This needs to come from the bottom up. This is why these grassroots movements, this is why these community protests are so powerful and so important. And it's so important to get involved in your community to make a positive difference. If you don't think that 
the DA is doing a good job of prosecuting local police if they are making mistakes or when they are making mistakes and that they are coming down too hard on minority communities when they make mistakes, then you should vote for a new DA. If you think your sheriff is doing a poor job of policing your area, then you should find a new sheriff. And I challenge you to find one that actually represents what you want um, and represents the good, not just one that's not the incumbent, not just one that happens to have the letter of the party that you subscribe to next to it, but one that like is going to make a difference in your community, not someone that's been around in local government for 30 years, not someone that's looking to use local government as a stepping stone to a state rep position or a Senate seat someday, but find people or do it yourself to make your community better and recognize your biases in the meantime, because if there's a good chance that if you're listening to this podcast, you might not be a person of color. Podcasts are very white. Let me look at present company as is lower division soccer in this country. Um, but there is a very proud and very deserving community of people of color, both in podcast and lower division soccer that deserve just as much support. They don't normally get it, right? Uh, you see a lot of um, groups just named Bara and then whatever is going to come after that. And I think that gets caught sometimes um, by some white supporters as well. But it's, it's, it's time to acknowledge that that's not our place. And it's fine if we're invited into those places. That is great. That is how communities mix and how communities blend. And that is something that we should celebrate. But take a step back because, you know, if you're white, this isn't about you. Um, there are ways we can be better. And we've talked about that already on this episode. There are ways that we can be better. And there are ways that we should support our communities, the black community, uh, the Hispanic community, especially here in Orange County. Minority communities need our support. So we should support them and we should let their voices be heard. And where we can, like this podcast, we need to use our voice and our platform and our privilege to elevate those voices so that we can achieve equality so that we never have to have this conversation again. And it's not going to happen next week. And it's not going to happen next month. And it's not going to happen in November. Like This is so heated right now. But this has been going on forever, right? We listen to Tupac say, this goes on, this goes on, this goes on. This was going on with the Panthers. This has gone on in the early 90s. This has been going on 24 years since Pupac. Tupac was killed. It's going to happen for a long time, and we need to do as much as we can to make sure that we get to equality as fast as possible. And then we can't take our foot off the gas then. We have to make sure that we don't regress at all. Well said, Dylan. And I want to say well said to the stuff you've mentioned to Alan. Um, I, again, I it was difficult I've been I, I've been stressing out all day because I knew basically we we're going to jump into this episode and this was going to be what we're going to talk about. Uh, maybe chance for talking about soccer stuff, but uh, this is definitely the more I I important topic. So um, just it it's stressful because it it's it's a it's a, a difficult discussion to have, um, and th this is just me, uh, you know, 
being who I am, uh, it, it, it was just hard to try and come out here and be honest with with what we're seeing, what's going on. Uh, I've been angry over the last week from images I'm seeing uh, on the news, a post I'm seeing on social media. Um, I don't want to now take that out and now be an angry person uh, while talking to you guys while while doing this podcast because I feel like by having a, a really good, open, honest discussion about this uh, and being acting the way we've acted on this as far as just, you know, trying to just share what's going on in our minds without trying to, uh, we're not trying to sit here and, and sound angry and, and bash your head and say, you better listen to what I'm saying or, you know, or whatever. I mean, it, it's been a difficult week um, and as much as I think we all would love to have sports to watch or talk about to just sort of take us, uh, give our mind a, a brief 30 minute rest of uh, all the craziness going on. It's, it's not something we can do right now. It's something where it's not time to rest. It's time to continue talking, continue um, supporting uh, th this cause. Yeah. Dylan, I, I know you unmuted yourself, so I assume you have something you want to throw in here. Yeah, I mean, you said it's been a difficult week, and it has. Um, it's probably been a really difficult week for all of us, but it's been a really difficult life. It's been a really difficult week yes. every week for generations of minorities in this country. And why? Like, if you if you don't already, if you've somehow made it this far in the podcast, you don't already get that that might not be okay, then you need to ask yourself why you think it's okay. That people Definitely. have to have a difficult week every week of their lives. That they get that much more stressed when I see a cop. It's not, am I going to get a speeding ticket? It's, am I going to be alive in half an hour? Am I going to be in jail later? We need to, to make it so no one has to do that. Definitely. Ask yourself why. why. Why should other people have such a difficult week every week? And then realize that some of the pain that you might be feeling right now when you see the damage that's happening in your community and the energy and the emotion of people in your community standing up and raising their fists and chanting names, that's every day for them. And so yeah, get behind that. And again, I, I'm being can. straight up honest. I, I'm being straight up honest. I, I, I've never been in that situation. So that's why I'm, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it's hard. Um, look at me. I'm I'm young. <laughs> I live in a pretty affluent area. Yeah, and I have it's 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 chiefly it's I hard to very, relate. <laughs> very white skin, so I will never know that pain. But I know. But now's the time right. for us all to. Now's the time for all of us to maybe do our research or or um. There's a lot of people you know that are recommending things to read to sort of get a at least a better understanding of this is you're not going to be able to now say, Hey, I've walked in your shoes from reading a book, but it's going to give you a better idea of, of why we are where we are um, and how it's gotten to this point. Um, and again, for me, the, one of the most simple things was just listening to that one minute Tupac interview. I'm sure there's more on that, but just those, that one minute of words really puts it in perspective of, of why there's anger. Um, you know, all this stuff that's going on now, thinking about stuff like stuff I've never thought about in the past, like, 
you know, you always see like um, a, a black person uh, running from the police or in a high speed car chase running from police. And you're like, well, if they would just stop this, it's going to get worse if you don't stop. Well, that might not now, now you're thinking about it, that might not be true. It, it could be worse because you're stopping. Um, and, and I'm not saying that would always happen, but that's now I'm, I'm looking at it and I'm like that, what that's, what's going to go through someone's head when this is the type of stuff that's happening. Um, and, and the fact that what, what, what sort of sparked this current outrage was caught on video. Uh, and the fact that it, I mean, as far as we can all tell, the officers knew they were being recorded on video and it's still happening. Um, it really opens up your mind to think there, I sort of, I, I sort of get now why certain people react certain ways to certain situations where I would justify if a cop tells me to stop or pull over or raise your hands. Hey, I'm going to stop, pull over, raise my hands. Um, but not everyone has that comfort in that situation, which it, it, it I'm sort of upset. I'd never realized that in the past, but things that we're seeing now um, is opening that up, um, opening my eyes up for that as well, uh, at least. Um, Alan, do you have anything else you want to say on this or uh, should we maybe start to wrap things really quick here? Um, I think we've kind of taken up enough space uh, tonight. Um, and I think it's our turn to kind of step back and individually maybe do some reflecting of our own and, and, you know, taking a moment to, you know, read something or listen to something or whatever we need to do to connect, um, to listen, to kind of turn some stuff off and kind of recharge and recharge ourselves with, you know, knowledge and strength to have some of these discussions some more. Thank you. So um, we typically end things out with a random thought. I'm just going to um, say, let's, you know, give us each a chance to just say a last word. Um, I'm not even going to preference it with any kind of joke. So Dylan, I'll go to you first. Um, I've already recommended this piece before, but Recessative by Toni Morrison. Anything you can get your hands on by Toni Morrison. That's not the name of work. Literally anything she wrote go and read it um you know black women especially are prejudiced against because not only of the color of their skin but their status as a woman she was an incredible author um america is a little bit worse off for wear without her but she left such a great body of work behind and you can learn so much about i think the black and the black female experience in this country by reading her work and i think that is a good place to start. Alan, what about you? Um, I'm going to make a literature recommendation of the new Jim Crow by Michelle Alexander. Um, it was kind of one of the first books to um, kind of be eye-opening uh, to a kind of a new way of thinking. And it kind of really was a challenging book for me to get through, um, but it was an important one. Uh, but if you're not into um, reading a pretty heavy book about mass incarceration, you can go to uh, joincampaignzero.org um, and do some reading and research and possibly donating uh, to a campaign to possibly end uh, police violence. 
Thank you, Alan. Um, so uh, most people know I, I'm I'm a pretty a pretty big music fan, um, especially when it comes to like hip hop and stuff like that. So uh, over the past uh, you know week or so, I've been going back and listening to some of my all time favorites, uh, um, some of the the rappers and hip hop musicians that have sort of discussed the type of stuff we're talking about. Um, for years. So you look at, you know, again, Tupac, we talked about him, uh, public enemy, Chuck D um, has always had um, a lot of stuff that they're, that they're mentioning. Um, you know, it, it's go back and, you know, do some, you know, do some research to go on Google, check out some, some rappers, hip hop groups, maybe to just sort of get, get a, if, if music's more your thing, I, I'm not a big reader. So if music's more your thing, go and just listen to what some of these, some of these musicians said, it doesn't just have to be hip hop. There's other uh, genres of music. It's just, I'm more of a hip hop person. So that's why I sort of um, flow to that side, but uh, go back and, and there's a bunch. I mean, even you, you look at like Rage Against the Machine and, and, and a bunch of, uh, there's a bunch of music out there that helps you sort of understand, helps you feel the emotion uh, of what, what could be going on. Um, so if you're not a reader, if music's more your thing, you can look on there. I'm, I, I can go to all types of art, you know, I'm sure there's, uh, you know, some paintings you can go check out some movies you can check out that uh that also can help just sort of help you help you understand or at least give you an idea of the pain the struggle the hardship uh and, and the difficulty um that uh, that's causing a lot of the singer right now so um i, I think with that we're going to go to wrap things up uh we're just gonna sort of end things right here i'm not gonna even ask my friends here for their social media. Uh, if you aren't following us by now, um, then I don't know why you're not, you're probably not going to follow us anyways, <laughs> but uh, I mean, if you need to, you can, you can find us. We're, we're not that difficult to find or just listen to an old episode, just fast forward to the very end and you can find out who we are. So for Dylan, for Alan, um, I'm Ray and this is the orange or black soccer cast. We're out. You have been listening to the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. For the latest Orange County SC news and information, visit our website, ocscpodcast.com. Also, thanks to our sponsor, Roughneck, Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com.